Hey guys, it's Cynthia from Trading for a Purpose. I am back. We're back. I'm here with yeah. Lamar. Woo. What's going on, everybody? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, so uh, we decided to meet again because uh, we were low on time the last time we, we met up. And today he has a lot more things to share about. We want to talk about his book more in depth in the Forex market and what has changed since the last time we spoke. So Lamar, how does it feel to be back? Feels good. Feels good. Feels you know? good. I kind of feel like it's always a plan, do, and review. You just get at it, start working towards what you're doing, you stay in routine, and the next thing you do is you go back and you plan, do, and review. So it's just another stepping stone. You know, you don't trade to make it another job or anything like that. You make trading a another lifestyle. You know, it's part of your lifestyle. And you just mesh everything in together. People say, oh, I gotta, I have to set this time to the side. I gotta right. put 10 hours. How much time does it take to learn how to trade this night? You know what? Give it time, but over time, you'll figure things out. The type of trader you're gonna be, the time frames you're gonna trade in. But you just gotta give it a little bit of time. You know, and then you just kind of weep things and mesh things together where you're, you're, you're multitasking, but you're multitasking in fun. I mean, you may be at work. Hey, let me just pull my phone out. Let me just monitor my trades. Or you might just basically say, I need to maximize my downtime. You might be in your vehicle starting your car up. Don't change your lifestyle. Just make trading a part of your lifestyle. Wrap it around your lifestyle until you can Absolutely. leave and walk away from all the other stuff. So it's still part of my lifestyle. You know, I wake up in the morning, I think about trading. I'm on my weekends, I'm at the gym, I'm thinking about trading. You know, I'm in the shower thinking about trading. <laughs> I'm eating thinking about trading. You eat, and sleep, drink. Do but, everything but it's a it's a lifestyle you know? absolutely so it's just like you're conscious of eating healthy when you're on a healthy diet or a healthy lifestyle it's the same thing with trading you're making trading like a healthy lifestyle so it's just part of it you don't even think about it you just do and it. by healthy lifestyle what do you mean well you just do it you don't even think about it it's second nature right That's but as in like there's some people that just over trade they they Go MIA with family, with work. They just completely Okay, then there's two things. <laughs> you can be a little bit weird about it. And it's not even you're weird. It's the perception of how people see you. So you stop going to things. Your social habits change. And, you know, your lifestyle, your family changes. And you get to the point where people start saying, Hey, man, I don't never see him anymore. He just stays in the dark room and wants to trade all day. And... It's not like you have to satisfy the bean counters of everybody around you, but you should still have a lifestyle. You know? Right. And I know we can become obsessed with our goals and we can become obsessed with the things we're passionate about. And there's nothing wrong with you almost have to have a magnificent obsession with something to really start seeing it bear fruit after you plant all those seeds. But still, don't alienate your family. <laughs> don't alienate the people that you love and care about. But at the same time, balance you gotta have that balance mm -hmm. okay and last time we also spoke about your the asset markets that you're in we didn't really go into specifics of what asset markets you trade and how you trade them um i would like to know what you specialize in today uh you said of stocks um futures forex what's your specialty so right now, I, I trade basically two asset groups. Uh, I trade the equities market, or people consider it to be stock, and I trade currency. 
And with the stock market, I almost want to say you got derivative subsidiary trades and type of style of trading you can do inside of it. So some people say, hey, I'm going to be a scalper. You can still day trade. You can still long-term invest. You know, those are all styles. People are just going to buy and hold for a long time. I have stock that I've been holding since I was 20 years old. I'm 37 years old today. Wow, well, congratulations. As of, well, not today, but as of, as of today, you know, still. So <laughs> here's the thing. If you're scalping, I've drawn down to at least a 30-second chart. You know how mm. fast those candles are developing on a 30-second chart? Yeah. I also do gap trading, so I trade the morning open, the morning gap. Mm. And the way I tie futures and things like that into the market is because, you know, people don't realize these index funds that make up all of these stocks. So you got, you got a huge major index fund, you got sectors, and you have individual stocks underneath that. That index fund is made up of all of those stocks. And that index fund, typically, if it's like a Dow Jones or a NASDAQ or Russell, it's being traded in a 24-hour market. That's a tip for you guys. So you can literally watch the 24-hour market. And so before the stock market opens up in the morning, if you're watching the futures market, the S&P 500, you can say, hey, look, I know this thing is gapping up in the morning. I know it's gapping down in the morning. I know it's going to be a flat day. It's going to start off like that. And then you also want to check all your reports. You know, that plays a role. It's not necessarily trading the news or, you know, trading the event of the news, but it has a significance and impact if it's something to what you're trading. You might be trading oil. You might be trading gold. And I trade mainly commodities in stocks, like I'll trade gold and silver and oil. And I'll basically day trade those in the morning. I'll trade three-time ETF stocks. They trade just like a stock. Okay. Two-time ETF stocks. And so they move just a little bit faster. You make a little bit more money on them. Or you can lose a little bit more money. It just depends on your trade management. So I use my portfolio in the index funds. I trade the S&P 500. I trade the bonds market. And I trade inverse correlations between them. I trade the Dow Jones and the Russell. And so I trade those major index funds. And I put up very large positions because it's a retirement account. Right. And for whatever reason, you know, and I can beat on my chest like King Kong, but not as hard. And after I get done after about a week, I don't like this. That's me beating to the sound of my <laughs> chest because I don't want it jumping out. I don't like the stress of, you know, oh, what's going to happen this week? Once I make my quota, if I make, let's say, 2 to 3% in a month on a, you know, let's say, just call it a $100,000 trading account. You know, or 150, or you know, I can really say, you know, if you guys want to know figures, let's say if I make between three to, let's say, eight thousand dollars in a month, and I'm done in three days or seven days, I have short-term swing trades. If I'm done in those positions, and I'll just go into my personal trading. You know, so once I get done with that, I always start off with my portfolio for the month. Once I get done with that, then I'll go into my personal trading. I'll start trading, day trading or scalping stocks, the morning gap opens and. You know, I'll do some trend trading, you know, but for the most part, I'm swing trading for my long-term stuff in my forex. So it's kind of a long drawn out. So I have short-term swing trades in my portfolio. I scalp and day trade my stocks. And then in forex, I do swing trading. So swing trade is anything that's going to last over a day, really. So you can have a couple days you're in the market or even a couple weeks you're in the market at a time. So your money's just going to move a little bit slower, but, you know, we all have a lifestyle. So you identify the type and the style of trading you want to do. So you organize yeah. your portfolio because I'm sure there's a lot of traders out there, novice traders that don't organize their portfolio. Do you have any tips on 
how to organize that put it on paper <laughs> annotate it you know and then think about everything you will want to develop and build your portfolio even go online so even if you have to do a pie chart say look this side is going to be if you're working a job okay and you have an income coming in this part of the pie chart is going to say okay I have some stocks I have some investments I have some trades going on the other side may say hey I got real estate on this side I may have insurance and so every part of your pie chart is going to make it develop the portfolio because the idea is to have a wealth mentality and a good net worth. People say, hey, I got a 2% cost of living increase. Yeah, but you factor in the taxes and inflation. It's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. And not only that, it's about what your net worth is. People aren't on the golf course saying, hey, did you see Jack got a 2% cost of living increase? Yeah, and he got a moving bonus too. No, they're more concerned about net worth. <laughs> No, it makes sense. Yeah, so you want to develop and build your your financial assets to where you want to have more than one asset. You may even say, hey, I want to get some tangible bouillons. Mm -hmm. That's not a suggestion, but you mm -hmm. may just say it's something that when one asset group is going down, you're diverse in knowing, hey, I have more than one asset group that I can either trade or I can invest in. So my whole portfolio, not all my eggs are in one basket. You have a true diverse portfolio. Okay, and do you suggest uh, having uh, like three different accounts or multiple accounts, you know, for Forex or commodities, futures, uh, equities, just so in case you blow up an account, you can fall back on the other account? Well, it's really nothing to do with the other because it's just whatever the account provides to you. So like some people, they want to use an account that has three different platforms to it. You can, well, not platforms, but it has three different I want to say asset groups tied to it. So like with my trading station, I can actually trade futures, I can trade stock, and I can trade options in it. I have to use a separate broker for my currency trading because, you know, they only provide, basically my currency broker only does currency. There's so many brokers out there that's, that are, that's available that you can actually, you know, have maybe two or three. There's, but one thing that I will say is use a professional platform. It's not as hard as people think it is. The tutorial is very great on it. A trade, mm. a trader is as good as his resources that he has accessible, you know, to him. And I've seen some trading platforms where people say, "Oh, well, it's, you know, I, I don't have any minimums. I don't, I don't have to get any kind of commissions taken out. I can just take the trade. It's so cheap, and you know, I get a hundred free trades. So there's a reason why. They give you no charting. I've seen the apps. I'm not going to name any of them, but I've seen the apps where they actually don't give you the actual proper information you don't have any economic reports you don't have anything that you can really utilize you can't short the market i've seen some of these banking apps where they oh you got now an asset you know that you can trade you can buy and sell stocks but then absolutely no chart absolutely mm. no ticker symbols of the companies well is there any platforms that you suggest or any applications that you suggest that are very helpful and useful for beginner for beginner traders or or professional traders well first you got to get educated and once you get educated, wherever you get your information from, whether it's, you know, any kind of trading academies out there or, you know, any place that you're going to get your education from, they're going to okay. probably suggest a specific platform that they're going to learn on. And so I would just try to stick with something. And if you don't like it, then it's okay to just change. You're not set to just one platform. Right. You're not set to just one trading style. You're not set to just one trading hour. So you shouldn't be set to 
limitations of what asset groups you should trade or what software you should use. You know, I use some software charting websites just because they have good charting, but then I may actually make my trades on a different app or a different software. So utilize, first you have to get the education and learn what you like, and then find out what works best for you. Gotcha. Okay. And I also wanted to speak uh, to you about uh, fears because a lot of traders, you know, they live in fear. There is the difference between a conservative trader and an aggressive trader. Uh, do you have anything to say about why people can grow their account and why and why people and why some traders cannot? Yeah, you know. I've... And also because there are some traders that blow up their account. <laughs> you know, think about a bicyclist, a professional bicyclist. Will they ever fall off a bike? Absolutely. But they're professional, right? So does that mean that even the professional traders, they don't have a couple mistakes or they don't have a couple things that can take them out of a trade? I think what happens is people are too hard on themselves and they get to a point where they have this paralysis of analysis and you can mm, have that at any paralysis state. Paralysis of analysis. You can make a lot of money, get to a point where you get overconfident and stop trading. That's actually what happened to me. I took hmm. my retirement account from like somewhere around negative like 2% in about 10 months to a positive like 8%. And I text my mentor and I said, hey man, is this even real? And he said, you better believe it. And he said, well, why did you stop at the 10th month? And I said, well, I just got scared that it was working so well. See, some people stop because they stopped trading because it wasn't working for them. I stopped because I was scared to press the button because it was working. So you have to constantly work on yourself and discipline, and you have to constantly get to a point where you're throwing enough positive energy in, regardless if it's getting in trading groups, getting involved with people where you're, you could be doing Instagram, Instagram or Facebook or any of that, but the support groups will help. And basically you're with a bunch of people that, you know, you trade the same pairs of currency or you trade the same stock or index funds, Birds of a feather flock together. It's going to keep you engaged and you get motivated. Self-motivation is one of the hardest things that people have an issue with. But when it comes to trading, you know, I didn't have an easy road. You know, I had a job. I had training. I had school. I had all kinds of stuff when I started. And I worked graveyards. I had to find out what's the best time to trade. I blew up an account. Six grand. And I thought, I was like, oh, I'll never be able to recover from this. I'll never be able to have that capital again. And just like when you start your account, sometimes you may have to just put 10% away to the side until you start developing a trading account. And sometimes you do have to build all over again. But you know what? I never regret the things that I tried because I knew, and only you know, if nobody else does, you put in 110%. Because if I failed or if I attempted and it didn't work out, but I knew I gave 110%, at least I'll feel good about that. Right. And people look at the money, well, I didn't make any money, so you know I don't feel good about it. But did you learn a lot more? Because honestly, from those failures, I learned more in two years from getting specific training and, and trying a specific way versus seven years of trying to do this stuff on my own. And stumbling through and halfway foot in and halfway foot out and... So when I started to get proper education, my learning curve went so much higher. And it's always going to be a rocky mountain. 
not gonna you're not gonna just bat a hundred. It's not gonna be smooth. Game. Just no, like you don't expect game. the market to just go up and down right to. I wish it was straight profit. vertical. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was straight vertical. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I just wanted to talk about position sizing because, you know, I'm sure a lot of the reasons why you blew up your account is because your position size was also too high, or is that not the reason? Um, all of it. All of it, okay. <laughs> so what so, happened was, you know, I had ego. I put a little ego into it. Mm-hmm. I would take a couple of trades. Oh, I'm going to have $130 loss, and I'm, I'm still in it. I don't want to exit. I want to be right. So you can be rich or you can be right. Pick one. You know, some people say, well, I'm going to get even with the trade. I'm going to put it on even more position as it's still going down. You get greedy. And I, that wasn't greed. That was more emotional trading. Mm. And really, a trader should be robotic. A trader should be follow your trade plan, follow your rules until it proves you otherwise. And then you have to change your strategy. But you have to at least see your strategy enough at least if you're going to take a thousand trades, I had a buddy, he, he was teaching a class once in the training that I get, and he said, he asked the students, he said, you know how many times I've taken, you know, practice trades? And the student said, oh, 100, uh, 50, uh, 300, because the guy just knew his material. He said 1,100 times. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, I probably did about 75 practice trades before I won real lot of money, but I know people who blow up their accounts and they just... They want to rush it. This is education. You have to learn to do this. They want to just rush it and jump into it and say, hey, well, you know what? Um, I've done a couple practice trades and now I'm just ready. I'm just going to go full fledged. But they haven't really seen the market play out enough in high time frames, small time frames, they trending like markets, flat markets. And so that experience is only going to happen over time. Okay, well, what do you have to say for those that stay in a demo account too long? Because there are some traders that stay in in the, in the demo account for two years, three years, sometimes longer, and they're doing pretty good, but they just don't have the confidence to put money into their live account, and they have the money to go ahead and put it in their account, but they're just fearful. What do you have to say about those traders that stay in, in the demo account for too long? Hey, good luck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? A demo account is really designed so that way you can see your strategy play out and you can learn the tools on the site or the application that you're using. And once you've seen your trade work often enough and you're consistent or whatever consistent means to you, if it's every once a week or if it's twice a week, but you see it where it works often enough, at some point you have to make the determination to pull off the band-aid. You got into trading and investing for a reason. You didn't get into trading because it was something that was a hobby that you just think is cool. The majority of people who got into trading and investing was because they wanted to create a lifestyle. And you can prolong and get to your race as fast or as slow as you like to get to it. But at some point, you have to pull that Band-Aid off and start getting a little bit of exposure. Get that sore. I know it's going to be sore Mm -hmm. in the beginning, but get that sore, a little bit of exposure. Get it out there. Because, it's okay to get cut once in a while. Yeah, I mean, you can't be perfect. And, you know, I, I, I cringe sometimes when people see my, when I see their facial expression, when I tell them, hey, I'm going to teach you how to professionally lose. They say, hey, I want to trade and invest. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth to them sounds negative, but it's one of the most positive things you can ever hear. Well, what do you mean? I, I got to lose money first? No, I want to make money. And I said, well, no, I'm going to teach you how to professionally lose. I told someone that recently and they said, well, 
I don't want to lose money. I want to make money. And you know what I told them? I said, and how much money would you be willing to lose because you're going to actually have a few losses? And if you lose some trades, wouldn't you want to know exactly to the penny how much you're actually able to lose and how much you're going to actually make to the penny? There's no second guessing. And so you calculate your position sizing, you work on your risk to reward ratio, and you say, look, if I'm going to lose 50 bucks, I know that's the maximum amount I'm willing to lose. You're not taking naked trades. You're not just in a trade where you just have an entry and that's it. You have to use risk management and asset protection. You have a you have a precision of a target. You have a precision of a stop loss. And around your entry, you're going to have this bracketed order. So people who usually blow up their accounts, sometimes they don't keep the same risk to reward ratios. They keep playing with the risk to reward ratio. Oh, I'm just going to add more risk. I'm going to add more risk. Keep it consistent. You know, people can have their probability. I'll keep my precision. People can have their probability and I'll keep my consistency. So, you know, when people blow up their accounts or when people are scared and they're trading with demo accounts, their whole the whole deal is at some point you have to make a determination even if it's small. Just put a little bit of money to the side and learn how to professionally lose where you know exactly to the penny on how much you're going to lose to. So that's all I got to say. I mean, but only you know. I can't determine that for you. Right. <laughs> only you know. And we will be back after the break. Last time we spoke about your book, but we didn't get into depth. Today I want to ask you more about your book because um, we spoke earlier that it has a lot to do with your life, your past, and your lifestyle. Correct? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your book? It's going to be the number one seller. <laughs> Thank you. You know, this book was supposed to be, it actually started off as a journey. And this journey that I, I began back when I was, let's say about, goes back to 19 or 20 years old. So I started to write and I started to keep a journal of positive affirmations. I started to keep a journal about, you know, all the life events that was going on in my life at the time and leading up to being 20 years old. And I found myself wanting to do something positive, like maybe a pass me by to my family or it started off with my uncle. Um, he was actually locked up for a little bit. And he wrote some positive affirmations. And he basically gave it to my mom. And one day I was driving from San Diego and I was so tired. And I was just commuting back and forth from work from San Diego to LA. And I would come home on the weekends and sometimes I was commuting back and forth. And at the time I was going through a lot of stuff and my uncle, he wrote some positive quotes. and. One of the quotes was, he said, you know, having a purpose to life is an immunization against sickness. Mm. And so what that means is that, you know, having a fulfillment in the purpose, because people, you know, we just kind of feel like we're going through this day-to-day treadmill, going to work, get up, go to work, get up, go to work, come home, pay bills. 
feel like we're in this rat race of life. And so when you have a purpose of life, when you go to work, it's play. It, you, you actually like getting up. You actually can't wait to get up. It's like when people become a trader and they really fall in love. I mean, let's be honest. We love the money. We do yes. it because we want to change, but it's not necessarily that. But you know what? An extra $1,500 would drastically change your family zip code. It'll change the schools you send your kids to. It's not the monetary value so much as it is what you're going to do with it. You can help your family members. You can give more to your charities. You can give more to whatever causes you want to give to. But having that purpose to life gives you an immunization against sickness. So that was just one of the things that he wrote. So that book started to spiral up. And I thought about it. And I asked my grandmother one time when she was alive. I said, how come no one really studied finance and business in our family? And she said, well, you know, hon, we always had good times. You know, in the 70s and 80s, everyone actually, you know, it was easy to find a job, even going into the 90s. But what happened was, I said, well, you know what, maybe we could have been in a better position. What if, or shoulda, coulda, woulda, or I wish my family had this. And, you know, a lot of people come from humble beginnings where a lot of people actually have to self-create. And you have to develop, you have to study, you have to work hard. You have people that come from different countries and they come over here from refuge or whatever the case is. And they develop and they work extremely hard. And what this country will reward is those who work hard. It's not that people don't need, but life really kind of responds to deserve, not just necessarily need. So, you know, the book was written, it became about around, let's say, when I was around 25, 26 years old. It was just an idea because I was always writing in my journal. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to put this in a hard copy format. And I really said, I'm going to get this done in the year. I'm going to get this done this year, this year. And what I realized was that over time, I was developing even more experiences. And I didn't give myself an end date. But I have things in the book that it's just basically things that I felt is a street smart. It was a good side and a tell like it is side at mm-hmm. first. But it's just all tell like it is. You know, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. But I put stuff in the book that's like effort is so important. You know, so many people lack the focus and the mental stability to actually put in effort. You know, you got to think positive because it takes just about as much energy to think negative anyways. So you might as well use it positive. So, you know, if you really look at it, we have so many distractions around us. Mm, Absolutely. You got the family, you have the chores, you have the son, you have the daughter, you have the family, you got to take care of mommy, you got social media you have you got the job i hate going to work i hate this i hate that and it boils down to it you have to be your biggest cheerleader you have to be the person to say you know what i gotta draw a line to sand and tell everybody no and i don't want my next five years looking like my last five and so your obsession with becoming successful has to be there you can't, it's what you dream about. If you have a dream, you got to protect it. No one else is going to protect it like you're going to protect it. So the book is no different than someone saying, I am your life coach. This is what I went through. Learn from my experiences and do the things that you know you can do. You don't have to have everything. Just start with what you have, where you are. You plant some seeds. Oh my gosh, that didn't happen right away. That's okay. Keep planting. Keep trucking along because the moment that you decide that you can't do it, yeah, you're right. The moment you decide you can do it, just push a little bit further. You look back after three to five years, you're going to realize, look how far you became. Absolutely. 
I want to sh- I want to share one more thing out of the book actually. It's about staying motivated. So you know, I heard it said that if you motivate an idiot, you just got to motivate an idiot. I'm just gonna tell it like it is, guys. <laughs> but at the same time, if you stay self motivated, you have to keep putting positive stuff in. Read the books, get to the classes, learn the steps, do programs, whatever you have to do to keep yourself motivated because there's so many things around you that are going to pull you down. The world does not need cowards. The world needs soldiers. And we need people to man up. We need people to woman up. And not to say that no one's not, you know, handling their businesses right now. But when people think about, hey, I'm going to hustle and bustle 24-7. What about 25-8? What about 365? You know, I see the single parents out there, like the single mothers that, you know, they work so hard and they still get up and go to work and even if the children aren't disciplined and behaved, but they still do it because they know as a woman they have to get up and do something. But in the back of their mind, and in that late night, in that hour, right before they go to bed, they're studying for school. They're studying to become something more on the side. That person and that mother, hats off to you. For that man that goes to work and he comes home and he deals with the boss and the crap from work. And he's saying, look, you know what? I may drive on the side Uber because I'm going to build up this trading account. And it's just 10% here and there that I'm making. I'm putting an account and eventually you'll get an account where you got five grand into it. But it started somewhere. For that one college kid that's out there that's walking to school because you don't have a car yet with full-time classes, 16, 17 units going to tutoring, trying to make the best out of it, financially struggling. I know what Top Ramen looks like, <laughs> you know. I know what packet chips and all that stuff looks like, but at the same time, remember, nothing sacrificed, nothing gained. The greater the reward is going to come from the greater the actual work that was put in. It's always going to be an inch for a mile. I wish it was equal where, you know, the justice scale said, hey, if you put this effort in, you're going to get this effort out. But it's always going to be an inch for a mile. You're only going to get an inch worth of success out of an entire football field, an entire mile, an entire city. But when you understand that it's not equal, you know if you wanted a whole yard worth of success, you got to go to work. Action is going to be in action 25-8-365. Right. Well, thank you, Lamar. And I um, have a couple last more questions for you about your book. Um, how do you plan to market your book? Do you plan on getting a publisher? or What's your next plan on getting this book out there? You know what? I'm actually going to do publishing myself. Okay. And there's a way to do that. Um, best selling, what it really means is to keep your book on a shelf a little bit longer than what it can be. Because, you know, some people come out with a book and if they don't get the proper publicity of it, then it will go on the wayside, don't become a bestseller. So a lot of these people, what they'll do is they'll do tours, they'll read a little bit of their book, and they'll go tour here and there, and they'll do pre-orders. You can't buy the book yet, but you can pre-order it as they go out and they promote the book and they edify the book. And the pre-orders, what they'll do is in that single week, they will push as many orders through as possible from all of those pre-orders. And if you hit a certain amount of orders that went through in a certain week, your book will go bestseller and stay on the shelf longer than everybody wow. else's because bestsellers always stay on the bookshelves a little bit 
and longer. The top of the shelf on Amazon, all those books, those guys who still read nooks and you get those shelves, it will stay on that shelf a little bit longer. So I'm not telling you that that's how you have to do it because actually my target audience is really the students in college, the high schoolers, the people who are trying to get over hurdles, you know, everyday life coaching that I can, you know, extend a thought out to someone, boys and girls clubs. Um, you know, I'll start there and then eventually I'll do auditoriums. You know, wow. I've, you know I've done personal one-on-one coaching for people and taking them to the top of their game, but when it comes to the book, I really want it to be affordable. I really want it to get in everyone's hand. And I really want to interact with the people in the trenches. I don't want to just be on the sideline. And right. I want people to be actually be able to come up to me. Well, I'm sure they they will. I'm sure they will have a lot more questions for you. And um, you're very you're very inspiring because um, it seems like you've been through a lot in your past. You have so much wisdom to share with the world, and I can just imagine what your book will have. Um, so I can't wait to read it and I can't wait for other people to read it and, and thank you again for being so vulnerable to explain to us um, what your book is about and for sharing your thoughts and experiences today um, do you have an email or a website where uh, the audience can contact you for more questions yeah yeah I want to provide that out but actually first I want to read one last thing from the book because okay. this go is kind of on my heart to share with you all and before we go into that but this one actually has to do with, you know, some people, a young man told me, he said, hey, man, you know, I'm going to live the life to the fullest and I'm just going to do whatever I want because, you know, you only live once. And that's fine. But remember, you still have to finance that life. <laughs> right. And so, you know, just like people say, healthy body, healthy mind. I wanted to read something. You know, there's no substitute for the lack of sleep. No substitute for the lack of time. Sooner or later, we will crash. After working so hard, not to say in results and success is not worth it. However, throughout the days, weeks, years, it's always going to be a balance you must find. Healthy body, healthy mind. And healthy mind contributes to productivity. Some people are motivated, but lack of energy to force them to push through those hard times. This equation will make you or break you. So, the question that you have to ask yourself is, how strong are you? Wow, I am speechless. <laughs> so, you guys, if you want to reach out to me, the book's not up yet, and we will. But if you have any questions or comments or anything that we talked about today, you can go ahead and reach me on one of my emails. Let me actually provide this because this is one I strictly use only yes. for this book here. So, stand by. It's an <clears throat> C-O-P-I-O-U-S Trader T-R-A-D-E-R at gmail.com Thank you again, Lamar. And I'm sure everyone will be excited to get in contact with you.